What's going on, Code listeners? Dr. Andrew Fix here. And I want to tell you about our friends at Element. Element makes a tasty electrolyte drink with everything that you need and nothing that you don't. That means the science-backed electrolyte ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, and none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. And that's why I use it. I've been taking Element for two years now, and I absolutely love the stuff, and I wouldn't want to exercise without it. For all of you code listeners and friends of Physio Room, Element's offered a special to you guys, and I want you to take advantage of it. Go ahead and visit drinkelement.com slash physioroom. That's drinklmnt.com slash physioroom to receive that special offer. You're going to get a free variety pack with any purchase that you place, and uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Thanks so much. Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix back here for another episode on The Code. And uh, I'm super excited to get into this three-way interview for you guys today. I'm sitting in an office here in Lone Tree, Colorado, Big Life Integrative Health, with my new friends, Christy Garbus and Devin Nelson. Uh, Devin is an IFMCP certified nurse practitioner here in town. And then Christy is a registered nurse. And they both are two of the team members and owners here at Big Life. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, fortunately, it's super hot here in Colorado. We're sitting in some air conditioning, so that's nice. Uh, But Devin, will you do me a favor and just do a little bit more thorough introduction of yourself, like, you know, a little bit about your background, where are you from, and then we'll let Christy do the same thing. And then maybe after you both go, we can talk about, like, how did Big Life Integrative Health come to be? Absolutely. We'd love to. So, my name is Devin, and I'm a nurse practitioner here. And my background, I'm actually born and raised in Colorado, so kind of fun being native. Mm-hmm. Um, I initially, um, I just love being able to help people. So that's kind of where I, where I came to medicine. I went to nurse or went to nursing school at um, uh, Steubenville University in Ohio. Came back to Colorado and went to Regis for my graduate program. Um, have a little bit of a background in, in inpatient cardiology when I was a nurse, and then um, went to NP school, worked in an outpatient clinic, and then I was later hired on there. Um, they do family practice, OBGYN, and women's health. So I kind of have a background in all of those pieces yeah. um, as an NP. And cool. then decided to kind of kind of start a new thing with some of these partners where we had worked kind of at that same clinic for a bit and just kind of decided to do our own thing. So awesome. it's been really awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You're one of the few Colorado native um, yes. that I've met since mm-hmm. I've been here three years. Uh, Cause just like so many other people, I'm not from here. So. Care, yeah. <laughs> I am not a native. My husband's a native though. So he said I could stay. There you go. <laughs> I'm a California transplant, but um, I came out to Colorado um, to go to Regis University and I did nursing school there, came out for volleyball and ended up a nurse. Yeah. And um best profession. So I've done my background is in um, emergency medicine. I did one year cardiac, uh five to six years in emergency out here in Inglewood at a level one trauma, and then got my master's in nursing education. Um, love teaching. Um, so I did some fertility education, moved into the same clinic where I met Devin and did more clinical management, operations management, um, and then was able to transfer all those skills over here into big life where we looked at the state of healthcare and how it's hard right now. And mm-hmm. insurance is hard because you go into a practice and they say, great, you need an, your annual physical, but you can't talk about anything else. Mm-hmm. You've got to schedule for a problem and another problem, but we need two different visits with X amount of time. And they, you're forced to be pushed in and out of the door quickly, not at the fault of the provider per se, but of the system in Mm -hmm. that you're not getting, the providers aren't getting reimbursed enough for the time. So they have to funnel patients in and out. Um, And so we took a step back and said, how do we step into a model that allows for really dignified patient-centered care Mm -hmm. 
without feeling like we have to rush people in and out of the door. And so coming across the direct primary care model, that's what we stepped into. Yeah. Um, so we don't take insurance, but it allows for us to have more time with our patients. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, the people that have been relatively consistent listening to this podcast have heard me and other people that have been on the show talk about this topic a lot primarily probably from the physical therapy angle, because we've talked about, you know, why we operate the way that we do at physio room being in out of network office. And there are some very few insurances that we are in network with and work directly with, but largely we try not to because of the th same thing you just said in the world of physical therapy. I don't know if most clients know this, that a typical visit gets reimbursed less than what an average personal training visit costs at a typical gym here in town. So like at least here in the Denver area, I know a lot of trainers that charge 80 or more dollars a session for personal training. Well, a physical therapy visit through most insurances does not reimburse for more than $80. In fact, it's less than that. So in order for the facility to keep the lights on, pay their staff, try to pay staff a competitive salary, right? Especially in like some of these more auxiliary type of roles, like a client experience person or a customer service person, you know, they don't always get paid very well at insurance-based places because there's hardly any like meat on the bone, so to speak, from all the revenue that they're generating and where that's going from an expense standpoint. So a lot of PT offices see two, three, four patients at a time per therapist and try to just juggle all of that. And then like you alluded to, physician appointments in the, you know, primary care world are not very long and you don't have a lot of time to talk about the things that might actually be going on in your life. When did Big Life open? Yeah, so we opened January of this year, so January 2023. Awesome. So we're like basically five or six months in. Um, but when did you guys get to know each other? And like, when did this kind of become an idea, like something that you guys thought you were going to do and talked about and started putting the plans into place? When did that happen? Um, not long before that, <laughs> <laughs> fall, um, late summer, early fall, we were sitting on a porch and said, wow, we could do something different. And I think what's cool, there's four of us who own Big Life, um, Devin and I on the medical side and two of our business partners. Yeah. And we'd all worked as a really solid team prior. And so we all had a lane. Yeah. We knew really well. And so coming together, we each took our lane of how to develop and I tell people we blinked and opened a medical clinic. Yeah. <laughs> like, the <laughs> came to be. And um, it, it was easy in some sense because while we're a new place, we're not a new team. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's a big difference, right? Yeah. And we've worked in an insurance based model. So we understand how that works and the difference between the two. And um, it's just been really cool to see it. I mean, there's always things we're learning, there's always things yeah. we're growing and we're not perfect in it. But it was, you know, from an operation standpoint, I knew all the things to set up from a front of house clinical perspective. Mm -hmm. Devin knew the providing, we have a billing expert, we have a marketing business expert. And so between the four of us, it's been really fun. Yeah. Um, and we flipped the building in 30 days. So that's amazing. Yeah, wow. We all stayed turned, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, paintbrushes, and husbands. And <laughs> well, and having been in here a couple of times, you would have no idea that this was an all state office beforehand. So before we get too deep into the conversation, um, just so that people know, like early on here, what takes place here at Big Life? Like, what are the things that you do? And then we'll get into talking about, like, you had mentioned direct primary care. Like, why is that different? Or how is that different from typically going to see your primary care provider? But like, what are the different like service lines that you guys do here at Big Life? Yeah, so we have kind of direct primary care as like our base in a lot of ways. And then we also offer within, you don't have to be a direct primary care member to access like other pieces of the clinic. So we also do functional medicine. We also do weight loss. We also do hormone consults, whether, um, and typically it's all bioidentical hormones that we do, whether that's pellet therapy or um, trochees. Um, so those are kind of like the big ones. And then we also have IV hydration and neurotherapy. Yeah. So you guys do quite a lot of things, basically, mm -hmm. right? Like DPC plus. Yes. <laughs> That's a nice way to talk definitely about Definitely DPC plus. <laughs> really fun. Now, I don't know if in the order, like you said, direct primary care is kind of like the main thing. Um, would you say that like, I don't know if that order that you list them off is like, what percentage of what you guys do do you think is like direct primary care, functional medicine, IV, 
Yeah, direct primary care is probably about 50%. Okay, yeah. So definitely like the largest majority. We do have direct primary care members that access other other therapy options. Sure. Could you get a discount? Yeah. You know, if you're direct primary care, we really try to like take care of it like family. Mm -hmm. you know? So we give you discount on supplements, discount on IV therapy, discount on um, uh, hormone therapy. Like you get discounts on things. Yeah. Which is really pretty cool. Yeah. So It's kind of similar to what we do at Physio Room where we have physical therapy, massage therapy, uh, personal training, but... By far and away, the physical therapy, you know, door, if you will, is the main one that clients come through and um, and that we really focus on from a service that we provide. And then if those clients participate in the other ones, they get a discount on it. So we do get new clients through the massage and personal training side of things, but very rarely the vast majority comes through the physical therapy side of things. So, so, okay, so you've been open like less than six months and the main thing that you guys do is what's called direct primary care. And you've worked in the insurance world before. So before we start talking about like the model of direct primary care from the provider side of things, because I think, you know, most people listening to this have probably had some things that they're happy with and unhappy with when it comes to like seeing their primary care provider. For example, maybe they feel like they sit in the waiting room for a long time when they go and they thought their appointment was at two, but now it's 245 and they're finally getting uh, to actually talk with the provider. Um, or, you know, maybe they call with something that's bothering them and they can't get in for like three months or longer sometimes because there's like no space, but from the provider angle, what are some of the things from a, you know, medicine perspective that like, just make it really hard to operate in that system or in that environment? Yeah. So in the traditional healthcare environment, you pretty much have to be seen for all your visits because that's all you get paid right so you have to every problem has to be like a visit right okay kind of similar to how christy was talking about where annuals um you really from a financial perspective when you talk about insurance you get paid for the annual you don't typically get paid for any problem visits so mm. in the traditional model that's why a lot of providers which is frustrating because as a provider you don't want patients to have to come back all the time right but you're told from a business standpoint, this is how it has to run because yeah. we don't get paid for that additional time. You can do modifiers, it gets more complicated, but you still don't get the volume you would get if someone came back for another full visit, Got it. right? So that's how typically it runs where you come in for your annual, you come in for your one problem visit, you come in for these things and usually it's in like 15 to 30 minute time blocks. So okay. problems are usually 15. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll see a provider for 30 minutes for an annual, maybe, yeah. right? And then usually you have to go somewhere else for labs. You have to, it's kind of like you go see all your different people. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And um, and they all bill insurance. <laughs> Sometimes you usually have a copay, but a lot of times, like a lot of times what we're doing is educating people about their insurance. Yeah, totally. Because most people don't know how their insurance works, where you have this deductible, maybe you have a high deductible plan, maybe you don't have a high deductible plan, right? High deductible plan. And so a lot of times if you have a lot of healthcare needs, you're paying out of pocket until you meet that deductible. Right. Whether it's, an individual at 2,500, family at 5,000 to 7,500, it's still out of pocket, you yeah. know? And so um, that's a lot of what we do when we talk about direct primary care is we're educating patients. I'm like, okay, if you're a high deductible plan, like this model actually makes a ton of sense for you. Yeah, sure. Because you're still, like if you can get most of your care at a lower cost through a direct primary care model, you're not having to go to urgent care or hopefully if you're going to the ER, it's for actually a good reason, right? Right, right. Rather than An spending, actual emergency. Exactly. <laughs> like, wow, like we actually are concerned you're having a heart attack, right? Yeah. Or like something scary. We're like, that's why you have insurance. Because mm -hmm. like if you get in an accident or cancer, God forbid, right? Or something scary, that's what insurance is for. Help pay for those like really big bills. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, you get strep throat. You know, it's a bummer situation have to go to urgent care and spend eight hundred dollars on a strep throat visit yeah you know or like you know even two hundred dollars gosh that's a really quick swap you yep. know so, i did that for a uh covid19 swap yep. 295 dollars really? really? and it was because you know it was one of those scenarios where i'm working with clients mm -hmm. and then it was during the time when like you know you couldn't find an at-home test or something mm -hmm. like that and the the wait times at like all the drive up mm -hmm. testing facilities were like insane. Mm -hmm. And um, I forget if it was like, I had a trip coming up or I had just like clients on my schedule the next day. And I wanted to be sure that I was potentially negative before, you know, either seeing those people or getting on a plane. I was like, well, the quickest I can get a test done is urgent care. So $300 later, got a nice negative test and mm -hmm. was like annoyed yeah. to have to pay for it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Fastest way to spend food in all our stuff. Yeah, it was very quick. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, it's hard with the traditional model because there's a lot of volume through a clinic and a lot of providers run late mm -hmm. just because there's the reality of like, it's too hard. It's a lot of good providers want to listen to patients, yeah. you know, but you're not given the time to do it. Mm -hmm. And so then you run late knowing you're just going to run late. What do you think the average, you know, just typical, like not the, not the annual physical style visit, but just like the typical visit. What do you think like the average primary care physician visit is like, how long is that appointment? Oh, like 10, 15 minutes max. Okay. And then how long is an appointment in like your guys' office typically? Oh, in this direct well, primary care setting like what what can someone expect in a typical like direct primary care office like how long do they actually get to work with the provider yeah well it's a very different model yeah so we do obviously have like in-office appointments but the cool part is like we're not we're not you know bound by insurance yes yeah. so a lot of times patients will just text us mm -hmm. be like hey i just have a quick question like what do you think about the supplement or like hey i was going to try this different diet like what are your thoughts or like and I just text them back. Like, I don't have to have it in like such a structured field of like an appointment, right? Yeah. Because they pay a monthly membership. So they have, they're paying for like one, the access to the after hours call, but just like the flexibility. So they don't have to always be like here in the clinic. And that first visit though, you do a really good job establishing a relationship with your patient, mm -hmm. who they are, what their issues are, whether it's just annual or you know, their whole history, mm -hmm. they block out, you know, they get a solid 45 to 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seven. I don't think I've ever seen a primary care or any other type of physician for that matter, orthopedic or whatever for 60 minutes. Right. I've never experienced that. And I've been to a lot of appointments. I've had a lot of surgeries and all sorts mm -hmm. of things. I don't think I've ever seen someone for 60 minutes unless it was in the operating room when yeah. I was not conscious. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So and right now, um, we don't have ancillary stuff. And so part of that 60 minutes, you know, some of it's drawing blood, some of it's, which Devin does a lot of or myself, but yeah. I mean, there's a solid 45 minutes usually with the provider. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I, and I think I interrupted you when we were, you know, I got off on a little tangent to ask you about how long the typical appointment is, but like, what are some of the other things that, you know, we talked about, you don't really have the time you basically can only bill in the traditional insurance model, like you bill for the visit. Mm -hmm. So the providers aren't really doing things outside of, no, you got to come in for that session. Oh, your knee hurts. I just saw you last week. Well, you got to come in again. So now we can look at your knee. Mm -hmm. But then you mentioned like the visit is only for like one thing. So like if someone's coming in for one problem and during the appointment, they maybe want to bring up something else. Well, it's, really, it's really hard, hard for that. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then time you're cut off or saying, actually, we'll have to have you schedule an appointment for that. Yeah. And how does that like, how does that typically go over with, uh, with patients? Not very well. Yeah. It's awful, actually. Yeah. 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 Which is why most providers don't like, because they're not always, a lot of good providers are not willing to sacrifice that, like disconnect with the patient. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You have to stop talking yeah. because I have to leave. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. That's why I would like really love this model. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like the care is way better. Like I can actually ask, like, how are you? How's your family? Yep. Like, how how are things going? Okay, you have this problem. Okay, do you think that's connected to this other problem we talked about last week? Like, I can bring up the problems. Yeah. <laughs> Instead totally. of patients being like, oh, here's my list really quickly. Um, and then it only it's only contained to the knee, right? <laughs> you know, so it's it's really cool to have the flexibility. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, I love that. I think from a nursing side too, one of the struggles we would see in being supported to the provider is people with questions or refills or things that they would come out of nowhere with. But yeah. because the resources are so tight, then they get frustrated because you're mm -hmm. not calling them back in time. You're not getting the access you need. Whereas in this model, A, Devin has all the time in the world that she's giving all the education and she's writing it all down. And so there's yeah. fewer questions from the patients because they got to talk about everything. Yeah. Um, but number two, they have such direct access that those questions are getting answered a lot more efficiently. Mm -hmm. um, they're happier. It cuts down on the call volume. It allows us to have more time to answer the phone for new patients or whatever it is. And yeah. Um, provided we're still just starting, but it's been really cool to just see how patients feel like they were able to get everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they call it. It's really easy for me to say, hey, these are some really good questions. Devin has you know, a block at two o'clock. Can she jump? Can she call you? Yeah. Please sure. jump on a phone call mm -hmm. instead of let's get you scheduled. What does next week look like? Like we're have the flexibility in our day to mm -hmm. just 
get patients in and make sure that their questions are answered well, which yeah. is like a luxury. Yeah. And what's, you know, so cool about you saying that is I don't think I've ever spoken on the phone to a physician as a client, I should say, mm-hmm. unless it was a provider that works out of network with insurance. I've spoken to a couple on the phone, but none of them are in your traditional insurance-based practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other time that I've really spoken to a physician on the phone is when it's like professional to professional, like mm-hmm. I'm calling about a client of theirs sure. and I did not, and for that particular instance, I didn't want to talk to someone else in the office. Like I needed to talk to the physician. Mm-hmm. So we found a time to connect on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that like, I don't, there's probably people listening to this that have like never even thought that it was possible to talk to their physician on the phone. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's and, very difficult. And I can screen a lot of things, I, you know, as a nurse and I can answer a lot of questions, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if they've built that relationship with the provider and they're, yeah. they're wanting to talk about something that they're following up on, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not hard for me to say, Hey, this is, I'm going to give you some advice, but I would be happy to get you on the phone with the provider to make sure yeah. they feel their needs are met. Cause that's what they're paying for is that direct access. Totally. We say direct access to the practice in that mm-hmm. there are some things that like, I can tell you to go to the ER. <laughs> you can go to ER. Yeah, absolutely. Visit and vice versa. But it's, um, I mean, that access to your provider is really mm-hmm. special. Yeah, you know, it does happen. Like as much as you, people that are coming here, they have mm-hmm. like, there's more flexibility. There's more access. There's the cell phone number of the provider or whatever for you to communicate. Well, if you're with a client, you still maybe can't drop everything that you're doing to address something else. Uh, actually had that happen. Um, I think it was last week. Like somebody was dealing with back pain, like an acute onset. Mm-hmm. And one of their um, friends told them, you need to go see Dr. Andrew at physio room. Literally, he drove over to the office, walked in and was like, are you Andrew? You're the guy I need to talk to. And like, I just had a client walk in and we hadn't met yet made it back to the treatment room. So I was like, listening to what this gentleman had to say. But then I was like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you the number to our office manager so that you can get on the phone and we can get you scheduled because I can't treat you right now because I have someone else coming in. But um, but yeah, it's like the the environment that allows for a lot more of that flexibility and being able to, you know, not just be like so stacked up every 15 minutes with with clients allows for that ability to talk to people after hours or talk mm-hmm. to people throughout the day and text people back or call people and not have to just, you know, take a number and schedule an appointment, so to speak. Yeah. And then the other thing that like is really cool is because we have a little bit more flexibility, we can usually get people in like same day, early next day. Yeah. And that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you, because I know you guys have a newer office here, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, once you guys are like fully up and running, your Mm -hmm. schedule is virtually full. Like what is the expectation that you have where if like a new client calls, Mm -hmm. like, how quickly can you potentially get them in? Because I, I, so the last time I called to schedule a primary care office somewhere else, I got scheduled like four months in the future. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was a little frustrated by that because you now, fortunately, you know, in, in my current scenario, I'm a patient that doesn't really have like much going on. I don't have any significant medical issues going on. So I didn't really need to get in early. I just figured, well, I haven't really had a physical in a while. I should probably get one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, yeah, well, the next new patient appointment we have is like July or something. And this was like in the springtime that I was calling and it was like four months. And I was just like, wow, to me, that's like crazy. I'm like, wow, you couldn't get me a little sooner than that. So like in a style office like this, what's, what's sort of that average timeline, maybe that you can get a brand new person in. Totally. Yeah. So um, typically, like now, we can usually get people in like sometimes that same week, next week, mm-hmm. like pretty simple, right? The thought is like, as we scale and, and get a little bit bigger, I mean, max two to three weeks, Yeah. you know, like our goal is as because the direct primary care model, you kind of look at it as the a number of patients on a provider's profile. Mm-hmm. So the same thing is, is it's the same thing with insurance model. It's just much more volume. Yeah. Right. So you usually have more like 2,500 to 3,000 patients. Wow. I was going to ask you that. Well, there you go. So the so the typical primary care provider manages 2,500 to 3,000 patients. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of depends. Like, um, usually you see about 1% of your patient volume a day. Okay. Right. So if you're seeing about 16 patients traditionally, like regularly, sometimes you have a little flux, you know, maybe a little bit more some days, a little less other days. Sure. Average about 16, you're about 1,600. You know, if you're most traditional primary cares are seeing anywhere from like 20 to 30 patients on a very low end. Wow. 
Um, so they're around like 2,000 to 3,000, right? Yeah, that's a lot. Um, typically, in a primary care model, you're looking at 600 to 800. In a direct primary care. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Direct primary care. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's amazing. And I think it's, you know, I don't exactly know the numbers, but it's very similar to the world mm -hmm. that I'm in now, right? Where I have had days and clients in our office always are just like their jaw kind of drops when I tell them this. Like the most clients that I have ever treated at one time is six in a physical therapy office. Mm -hmm. It was myself and an aide managing six clients. And as you can imagine, I took all of the paperwork home that evening because I had no time to type any notes because I'm trying to, I mean, I'm trying to just not even mess up people's names at that point. I'm trying to talk to six, seven people with the uh, team member that I had there. Well, now I get to work with one at a time, right? One person at a time. And in our office, the um, like average number of visits per day for a therapist, because like full, full time in our office is like 32 visits a week. Um, so that averages out to like, you know, six, basically a day, um, give or take, and some days a little bit more, some days a little less. But the average physical therapist in most insurance-based practices is probably seeing 16, 18, 20 patients a day. And that's in an eight-hour day. So, I mean, I've worked, I think I've seen 26 patients in one day before um, in a normal eight-hour day in an insurance-based practice. And that is burning a lot of providers out. Like, I know several of my classmates from PT school that are no longer working as a physical therapist. And that's one of the main reasons why, because they just were like, this isn't what I thought I was signing up for. Totally. It's a lot of volume and just can't provide the care. Like you're not doing it. It's not the reason why you went into medicine. Yeah. So basically what you essentially said was like in a direct primary care model, the provider manages about 25% of the patients that they're used to managing in the typical insurance model, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And they have the access. They're not always coming in person. Mm -hmm. So that allows for that space in that room for That's those same days for the new patients. Yeah. Because a lot of people are jumping on a telemedicine appointment or yeah. phone call. Phone call. Mm -hmm. And then there are times, obviously, they have to come in, but it definitely allows for more flexibility and more openness. So sometimes people walk in and they're like, you guys aren't very busy. Like, do another stuff. Yeah. 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 Sharing. Yeah. 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 Not everyone is physically present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to be, you know, it allows for that really great flexibility. Like, okay, let's keep you at work if you need to work, you know, like yeah. we can totally triage stuff where we don't always have to be here, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, you know, like you said, we are educating clients a lot of times on how the insurance system works and, um, you know, what certain terms mean deductible and out of pocket mm -hmm. versus like, paying towards your deductible compared to truly paying out of pocket, like mm -hmm. that it's not going towards your insurance. Um, so I think clients and the typical patients compared to what I'm used to from like growing up is starting to become more educated about mm -hmm. how this stuff works, right? Which is why I think offices like ours even exist in the first place because people are getting tired of the way it's been and are looking for different answers. Um, and I think they're starting to see how, you know, how life might not be as easy as maybe they imagined it to be for the typical position, right? It's not like all roses as we, there's challenges as we talked about. One of the things that I know might be a challenge, how have you guys handled the conversation with clients or potential clients about how like, hey, the way that we operate is different than the, the physician primary care model that you're probably used to. We don't work with your health insurance and this is why. Like, how have you guys handled that kind of conversation when assuming that it probably has come up? Uh, it's it's a lot of education. <laughs> a lot of times people call and they say, "Hey, I'm looking for you know looking for Devin or looking for this kind of care." Yeah. And my first question is usually, "Are you familiar with direct primary care?" That's a great question. Are you do you understand what our model looks like? So I kind of equate it to like a gym membership. So instead of paying per visit, like you would in a traditional insurance model, we do not accept insurance, and you're paying a monthly subscription. Mm -hmm. So you're paying your one twenty five a month, and that. What that includes is your annual physical, your annual labs, any visits that you have with our provider, um, and that gives you direct access to your provider. And so what that looks like is you can have a visit via telemedicine, via phone call, you can text them, you can come in. We like to make it flexible and we like to make it accessible to you as the patient, and it allows us to really build a relationship with our patients. and. People to receive that. Well, usually it's followed up by questions of, okay, so can I use my insurance at all? And yeah. we say, well, 
Yes, some people, some insurances, some people's FSA or HSA accounts will cover some of the services. Most of them will not cover that membership because they like to see an itemized receipt, but yeah. people will use it for other services. And then we can run prescriptions and labs or any outside referral imaging through someone's insurance. Got it. So if somebody has insurance, we can still utilize it, but not for the physics. The visits. Yeah. Yeah. Because of. I agree with you on like that itemized receipt thing. Like mm-hmm. what I sometimes I explain to people that like we don't just bill, at least in the world of physical therapy, we don't bill for the visit. We bill treatment codes. And then that's like I'm speaking a foreign language. <laughs> and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Um, but um, you know, the codes that we don't determine the prices of determine the cost of the visit or the bill towards the insurance. And um, I think the biggest uh difficulty I think in our office is how if we, because we offer to do out-of-network billing for people and we submit the claims on their behalf. But what they don't always understand is that the claim that we submit does not necessarily count toward the, towards their deductible the exact same dollar for dollar as what they paid us in the office. Because we don't determine what the claim is worth, the insurance company does. And sometimes what we find is like, there's very fine print in clients' uh, insurance policies where like that visit only counts, like only the one code counts towards it only like 15 minutes worth of the appointment. So on the, um, like, there's a lot of, I don't know, hoops that you have to jump to to really understand what the insurance is. Um, but I like the way that you said that, like where it's kind of like a gym membership, right? And, you know, hopefully people are using your services, but I mean, hopefully people are feeling very good where they don't feel like they need to constantly be, you know, on the phone or texting with you. Um, kind of the inverse of typically the people that are using the gym more often are usually the ones that are feeling really good rather than the ones who are paying for it and never going. But well, and with that too, they say, well, so even if I don't use you guys for a month, I'm still paying. Yeah. And we say, yes. Um, and you can't unenroll one month and re-enroll the next month. Right. Um, we say there's, if you do unenroll, we, there's no commitment. You, know, mm. you can unenroll at any time, but there's a 12 month waiting period. Oh, okay. And I explain that as, you know, we're building a relationship with you and we're walking with you on your health journey. Mm-hmm. And so it behooves you to maintain that relationship with your provider over yeah. time. Um, you can utilize our other services. Also, you talked about your experience in urgent care. We mm-hmm. are. You have that provider. You Now you're on vacation and your kid is sick yeah. and needs antibiotics. And Devin can do a telemedicine from Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that saves you a trip to the ER, which that alone covers the cost of what your entire year's worth of a membership. Yeah. Would be. Yeah. Pretty much if you walk into the ER or into the hospital, you're meeting your deductible in a lot of cases. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then we work with a lot of people who have share plans as well. And so they're looking at, and in a share plan, they don't cover primary care baseline. Some share plans like Zion's one, for example, that we partner with, um, they will give a discount to people who are enrolled in a direct primary care program because they recognize the value of that direct primary care, keeping people out of urgent care ER. Um, And those people have that coverage for those catastrophic things Mm -hmm. that they'd be paying out of pocket Kind of like high deductible people. Yeah. Um, anyways, for primary care services. What's up, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix here from Physio Room. Thanks for joining me on the code. This episode is brought to you by Rebel Green, nutrition you can feel. Are you tired of taking or trying tons of different supplements and not knowing if they're making a difference? You keep taking them, hoping they're giving you some benefit, but you can't really tell because you can't feel anything. Revo Green's microgreen nutritional supplements are hands down the best green supplement I've ever tried. Not only can I feel a difference when I take them, but I know what I'm taking is high quality in only the few ingredients that I actually need. No fillers, high bioavailability, high effectiveness. Visit revogreen.co slash Dr. Andrew Fix to get yours today. That's R-E-V-O green.co slash Dr. Andrew Fix to get yours today. Be sure to let me know how you like them. Thanks so much. Now, in case somebody's not familiar, and I don't expect you to necessarily like explain all the details, but like what a health share plan is, because um, I don't have one, I'm fairly familiar with them, but like who are typically the people that you guys see that have these? Are these like yeah. small business owners or like who are the people that have these health care plans? I mean, it's a lot of people who have like who own small businesses. So yeah. like I personally have part of health share just mm-hmm. because when I, you know, when you look at insurance, it's remarkably expensive <laughs> to, to even be able to like get insurance, right? 
Um, and so the health share plans, um, I like Zion particularly. I've been a part of a few different ones and they all have their pros and cons. Some mm -hmm. of them, they do cover um, primary care, like in the sense of your annual and your regular annual labs and your vaccine. Some of them don't. Yep. It just kind of depends. You have to really kind of read through like their program guidelines to get a good pulse on like if it's a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. But most people that I'm seeing with that in general invest in, you know, those type of programs are people who need insurance, relatively healthy, maybe have minimal um, diseases, uh -huh. don't typically go to the doctor very often or need a lot of labs, but um, need some sort of coverage that's affordable. Yeah. So usually it's like kind of younger, healthy families. You yeah. Know, and like usually people who have like small businesses where they're not getting coverage through their work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We recently, less than a year ago, started... Um, contributing to health insurance costs for our staff and physio mm -hmm. room. Cause when I joined physio room, there were like three and a half of us, right? Oh, three fine. and a half full-time employees. And, um, as we've grown, well, that's one of the things that, you know, the team members want, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, Absolutely. well, now I'm having to figure out my own healthcare. It would be much nicer if we had healthcare through work. Mm -hmm. So we're in a phase right now where like half of our team, myself included, utilizes the health insurance of their spouse, right? So like we opted to not necessarily offer health insurance through physio room because really only a couple of people were going to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, offer the healthcare, man, the costs are really high, it's very high. And the larger the business, the more you can whittle that down per person because you're getting a lot more people enrolled. Um, but so what we opted to do is um, kind of gave a couple different options of like, Hey, here's some health insurance plans that you could roll, enroll into. And this is the amount that we will contribute each month towards your costs. Right. And we basically kind of like, um, contribute to their costs, but not, not say like, this is the plan you have to take. Um, but yeah, thanks for explaining that about the health shares because, um, I didn't know if, you know, everybody on here was really familiar with what that is, but I know they're, be I think they're becoming more common too, because just like offices like this are opening up, I think. And this was maybe even one of the best things I think that came out of the last couple of years with the pandemic is I think a lot of people are working for themselves now. A lot of people figure out other ways that they could generate income for themselves and their family and they're just doing their own thing. Well, my husband worked for a small business, so we had the marketplace insurance. And yeah. We switched to a health share because Devin and I have babies at the same time. Mm. She was on a health share and paid half the price yeah. of her hospital bill that I paid with insurance yeah. <laughs> out of pocket. Yeah. Um, and it was... Wild. It was wild. It's yeah. I mean, and sometimes too, direct primary care is becoming more popular for those small businesses who are looking for opportunities for their employees mm -hmm. of saying, hey, we'll pay towards if you go yeah. to join Big Life's direct primary care, we'll pay yeah. X amount towards your membership. And yeah, it's somewhere totally. that's close, that's local. And then the advantage is you're keeping your people at work. Yeah. And you're yeah. flexible at their time. You're doing a phone call over their lunch break to check mm -hmm. in. They don't have to miss work for their appointments. Yeah, I think that's another thing that um, you know, we could probably talk all day on, but is like, of course, healthcare costs a lot from an insurance standpoint and premiums and everything. But the loss of revenue from like missed work days and stuff like that is massive. Like I remember once, this was probably five, 10 years ago, but hearing a statistic about like the lost revenue businesses have due to piss people missing work for back pain. And um, it just like blows my mind. But, you know, back pain is like the number one thing that we treat in our office at Busy Room and probably every other outpatient physical therapy office. Back pain is by far number one. And yeah, I mean, if, man, if we can help somebody, stay at their job due to not getting ill, not having physical pains or whatever, well, that's really going to benefit the business. And it's going to benefit them too, because then their schedules in their normal routine, they're not having to like figure out like, you know, what to do or, or, you know, now, now I have to miss work because of something. I don't have any PTO left. Now, what am I going to do? It's like so, a quality yeah. of life issue. Totally. hundred percent. Big deal. Um, okay, so you had mentioned if people are coming here to Big Life and they're participating in like one of your services, like direct primary care, they get a discount on the other things. Um, how does that work when it's like a single person wants to sign up compared to a couple, compared to a family? Is it just you multiply the, the amount per membership or is like it cheaper per person for a family or like how does that work? Yeah, we do. Um, so it gets... More discounted, the more people you have. That's what I have so a feeling, yeah. You have, let's say you have two adults um, in the same household. They're yep. each one twenty five a month, and then they want to add their kids. Their kids are $30 a month. 
Got it. So every kid after that. Now, if it's an adult and a child, the adult's 125, the first child's 100, and then every child after that is 30. Um, with the goal being, we want to take care of the families. We mm-hmm. can take care of zero to 100 plus here. Yeah. Um, but we, we love watching the families grow, and we want to make it a, affordable for the families to all come. Now, I know, so say somebody does have that situation, like a, um, two parents maybe decide, okay, they, they have a child, they're going to sign them up too, and you're like working with the three or four of them, however many there are. And I know in the typical primary care office, like you see a pediatrician, right, until you're like 18-ish, and then sure. you have to get a new physician. Yeah. Is that how it works in this model too, or you just keep yes. working with them you could just keep as long as they want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm family practice trained. Mm-hmm. So I've done babes all the way up to adults, women, men, everybody. So I think it's pretty awesome. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Never yeah. a double. Just <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it keeps it like high variety for you, but also... Like we, you guys sort of mentioned, like one of the main goals is to try and really build and establish relationship with the people. Um, and I like to say people, not patients, right? But like yeah. that doesn't have to stop just because you reach a certain random age marker. Like, right. oh, you're 65. Now you have to see this other mm-hmm. provider or you're 18 right. or, or whatever. And, you know, we have families that come in. Okay, I want all my, all four of my kids checked out great we're gonna block time and your whole family's coming in we'll do you all of this thursday afternoon is the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. that's funny so let's maybe talk briefly about some of the other things that you guys do here mm-hmm. I, I mean i think we did a pretty good job unpacking like direct primary care mm-hmm. but um before we actually hit record here with the microphone you had mentioned that because of your training in functional medicine, that like your approach with clients on the direct primary care side is, you know, a little more naturopathic, right? And Correct. a little different than just the fact that you work with fewer clients in a more accessible kind of manner. Typically, when someone goes to the primary care office, they go in, say, for back pain or high blood pressure or whatever. A lot of times they're handed a sheet of paper to take to Walgreens or CVS or wherever, and here's your prescription for a set problem that you came in with. But I don't think that's really what you guys are doing here very much. Not a ton. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, obviously, if a lot, I am functionally med trained, so I kind of tend to look at that root cause medicine in some sense. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a place for pills, for Band-Aids. <laughs> um, I think they can be very helpful to alleviate acute symptoms for a period of time. Yeah. But a lot of times what I tell patients is, like, unless we really address the root cause, this acute symptom is going to get worse mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's going to be harder and harder to treat. Yeah. Right. And so the goal would be like with a lot of these therapies, we're kind of working from the ground up so that like we're working on lifestyle, some diet changes, like looking at that whole person, figuring out, okay, what's going on that's really causing these symptoms so that eventually we don't need the band-aids would be the goal. Right. Um, it's nice as an NP because I'm not an naturopath. I can still write prescriptions. Yeah. So that's really helpful because I feel like it allows me to do both well in the sense that I can do the band-aids because there's a purpose for them. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. it's very helpful if you have pain. <laughs> like a lot of those symptoms, very helpful to sleep. You know, yeah. like while we're working on stuff, sometimes we th- those symptoms don't go away instantly. Right. right. A lot of times the functional approach takes some time and some patience, right? Yep. But it's the goal is like healing the body from the inside out rather than um, just slapping a pill and be like, yep, see you in a year, you know, <laughs> good luck. Um, and so it's kind of, I love being able to do both sides because I feel like it more fully addresses the whole person. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And like you said, there's a t- there's a time and a place for medication. If somebody has mm-hmm. strep throat or something, right? Well, you may need medication to get that for to go away, sure. right? You, uh, but there's many of other things that, I like to use high blood pressure as one of the common examples that like I've had so many clients, um, you know, fill out health questionnaire style paperwork and they will like check no on the box that says uh, hypertension, but they'll check yes on the high blood pressure one or, or they'll check no to like having high blood pressure. But then you'll see that they're on like two, one, two, three different like blood pressure style medications. And then sometimes I've asked people about that and I'm like, so I noticed you mark no to having high blood pressure, but you're taking a blood pressure medication. Can you tell me more about that? They say, yeah, my blood pressure is normal. On the medication. I take this medication. And I say, well, why did you get put on that medication in the first place? Because I had high blood pressure. They think had, right? I'm like, well, no, you have high blood pressure and that's why you're taking the medication. But the solution to that is usually not the medication, right? That's a symptom manager. Correct. That's the, you know. 
fixing the acute um, issue while you try to work on the true root cause, which is usually lifestyle, nutrition, exercise, something related. So then if, um, you know, how do you with, with clients, cause I know like, you know, we can't all maybe be experts at all different things when it relates to health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody really needs medical care, I'm going to refer them somewhere else. Mm -hmm. If somebody really needs like a dialed in physical fitness activity, I'll probably refer them to a great trainer or something I know. So how do you manage that scenario when like some lifestyle things are really what you know the client needs to be doing? Mm -hmm. Um, how do you like make sure that they're getting the right direction on like what you really think they need to be doing to fix their root cause problems? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's having a lot of like good referrals and people in your back pocket, Yeah, you know, and like being able to, um, kind of do like handoffs for patients. Like I have a patient who, you know, just really like we have a, um, really good connection with like Rose Neurospa. And okay. so like they do TMS therapy that is like covered through insurance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, had like called the owner there and was like, Hey, this patient just can't, can't get at the gumption. She's got a lot of mental stuff to call. Right. Yep. And so, um, he called her, Yeah. you know, and so it's cool to be able to like do some of those referrals so that you can like get the care that people need. Mm -hmm. Right. So that sometimes if they don't have the motivation or something to do that, like you can kind of work with other people to help support them as a care team. Right. Yeah. Um, and then also we, we use a lot of um, like, just like recipe plans, like a lot of okay. things to be able to give people some resources. I'm like, Oh yeah, go eat like a Mediterranean style diet. And people are like, what does that mean? Yeah, right, right, <laughs> you know? right. And so kind of getting like a list of foods with recipes, like here's your meal plan, like yeah. simple tools mm -hmm. to be able to then give them the support they need to like succeed. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that's awesome to know too, because I think that's one of the things that um, that I've heard clients say, or that I've experienced as a patient in a typical primary care office, where I feel like people sometimes perceive that they've just been given such vague directions that they're that they don't make any changes in their lifestyle because they don't really know what to do. They're told like eat healthier. Well, depending on what medium you get your information from, that could mean one of a lot of different things. You know, so, um, and I, I also don't know if like, not every provider, right, is created equal. And I don't think medical school is really set up to really teach someone how they should manage nutrition necessarily. Because right. um, what I've heard from a lot of physicians is that they didn't really get a lot of nutrition training in school. They definitely don't get a lot of uh, training on rehabilitation in school. Just like we don't get training on how to prescribe medications for people in physical therapy school. Because that's not what we do. Um but I think a lot of times the primary care physician is who a lot of people turn to for like nutrition guidance or something. And that's not really their like specialty. Right. Um, so the fact that you have like more detailed information that you can give someone to truly actually take some action steps, I think is huge. Yeah, that's really awesome. And then people feel like if they come back with more questions, we can like do more guidance or, mm -hmm. you know, if they're like, no, I really want a nutritionist, then we can refer them to a nutritionist. You know, like we have yeah. those options, but they don't always have to go there the first time. Like we can start with some baby steps first mm -hmm. to see like sometimes people just need a little bit of guidance to then like kind of jump from there to yep. then be able to take hold of their life. Yeah, pretty cool. totally. All right. So what am I forgetting? So functional medicine, and then you mentioned IV hydration, neurofeedback, weight loss management, um, and I think, think something else that you mentioned. Hormone therapy. Hormones. Mm -hmm. So maybe let's briefly touch on each one of those. Let's maybe start with the IV side of things and talk about like maybe somebody's never had an IV before and now IV hydration is becoming, I think, more popular. Like, I don't know if it's becoming more popular everywhere, but here in Colorado, I feel like we're a little more on like the front edge of things. Um, compared to back in the Midwest where I'm from, where stuff usually takes just a little longer. Um, but like, what is IV therapy and why might somebody benefit from it? Yeah. And a lot of people say, why would I put an IV in my arm? That's yeah. what I do in the hospital. That's a great right? question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our IV nutrient therapy is more than just hydration. Now we live in Colorado and everyone's dry, right? Yeah, so everyone sure. can always benefit from mm -hmm. the leader fluid most of the time. Um, but what Devin and I did was we said, you know, you've got all these IV bars popping up all over the place. We, all want, over. we want to do IV therapy, but we want to do it different. Mm -hmm. um, so we sat down and we said, how many nutrients can we jam pack safely in one bag so that people really feel well? Mm -hmm. um, so when you're coming in, you're we're sitting down and looking through your history and saying, what do you need? Do you feel like your energy is low? Has you ever yeah. been told that you have 
you know, low in B vitamins? Do you have a lot of inflammation? Are you dealing with allergies? Are you an athlete and you're trying to maximize your performance? Yeah. Um, we've got the, everything from your vitamin C to your Bs to amino acids to glutathione, NAD. Um, some of those are buzzwords, whether they're yeah. helping just boost what your body's naturally not absorbing or helping with peak performance. Right. And so with that, Devin refers a lot of her patients to say, hey, you would benefit from IV therapy because guess what? We've tested your micronutrient levels. These are all the things you're deficient in. Mm -hmm. And she gives them to me and I mix them up. And people are like, wow, I feel so good because we're actually targeting what they're deficient in. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, your average person, my brother walked into a place because Chris, I'm not feeling good. What do I need? I said, you need an immunity back. You need that high dose vitamin C and that zinc. Ask them how much vitamin C they're going to get he said, she said 500 milligrams. I said, teach, we put seven grams like in your bag. And when we're putting it into your veins, it's a hundred percent bioavailable. Yeah. In right. Your body. Whereas your supplements, people are like, well, I take all those. You're absorbing 20 to 30%. Right. And if your gut's not great, which a lot of ours aren't, mm-hmm. who knows how much you're absorbing. So yeah. we always say like most people, IV therapy, like getting poked every week is not ideal for your long-term like some people like to get poked every week. Most people don't. Yeah, sure. Maximize and get you to what feels great mm-hmm. and then work on the underlying. In yeah. The yeah. And how we get you to stay there. Yeah. Or stay very close. Yeah. And because we're a medical clinic, we can sit with the patient. We hear their story. We look at how we can best, you know, help each person individually. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, we want them to be well. So a lot of times those patients end up coming in saying, oh, let's do dry primary care. Let's do functional medicine. But we don't charge tips. Um, we just want people to feel good. Mm-hmm. So we we really, I, I just love how much, how many nutrients are in our bags that when people come yeah. back and they're like, I allergy symptoms are gone or I feel so much more energy because I detoxed with glutathione or whatever it is. Um, it's been cool. So we really focus on the wellness aspect and then the nutrient aspect yeah. of that versus the like quick fix. Now, if you need a hangover bag, we 100% do that as well. Sure, yeah. And that, you know, get you <laughs> to snap, get the nausea to go away and make the headache go away. But um, we did a lot of research and looked at people who've been doing this for a long time mm-hmm. and said, where are they seeing the best results and how do we maximize that for patients? Well, I think what's nice, and uh, I think this was happening when I met you guys, is you can get other stuff done while you're doing an IV. Yeah. Right? Like the, the person that was here, she was like working on her computer and just doing yeah. other things that she had to take care of while doing that. Um, and we'll hook people up. Like they're doing neurofeedback or they're getting pellets inserted and they're like, let's do it all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we can be efficient. That, and that's kind of the world that we live in, honestly. Like we want things quickly, whether it's in a microwave or, you know, we... Um, want to get in shape for something or we want to lose weight, like we want that to happen fast if possible, mm-hmm. right? For all of us. So um, I think the more someone can kind of pack into one trip, uh, people are usually pretty happy about that. And you get a discount. So some yeah. people are like, I really like this. Maybe I'll do direct primary care so I can get 15% off of my hydration packs. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if you're going to use it and you feel the benefit of doing so, yeah. totally worth it. Right. Um, okay. So then what about, um, you mentioned neurofeedback yeah. just now. So like, what is neurofeedback and how do you guys utilize that here in your office? Yeah, so we actually do neurotherapy. Okay. So there's a few different versions of neurotherapy. <laughs> um, neurostimulation is actually what we do. Okay. So it's actually um, stimulating the brain and creating new neuronal pathways to then allow the brain to have a much healthier brain waves. Got it. So kind of how you, like, you can kind of relate to the medicine. So a lot of times people will use like anxiety depression, you'll use antidepressants, right? Or anti-anxiety medication. And that um, affects the electrical signal through a chemical process, right? Right. When we do neurotherapy via neurostimulation, um, it actually goes directly to the electrical, right? Uh, so you kind of bypass that chemical modulation, which also mm-hmm. has a lot of side effects with it, right? Sure. Whereas a lot of the neurostimulation does not have as many side effects. So it's used a lot for anxiety, depression, um, ADHD, can be used for autism. Um, it's got a lot OCD, like a lot of benefit yeah. in a lot of different ways. Um, and so a lot of times patients who maybe don't tolerate medications or have really bad side effects is a super great option. Um, and the cool part is like, you know, with direct primary care, we can also look at your genetics and see, okay, what, you know, meds work best for you while you're doing neurotherapy to see if we can kind of optimize you in multiple ways, limit side effects, but also get you really better long-term, right? Um, so it's a really cool 
thing to be able to offer um, in regard to like just helping patients kind of live better, yeah. right? And maybe not, may, maybe need to be on less meds or maybe no meds, just kind of depends on the person. Now, trying to link sort of two conversations here together, we talked very briefly about healthcare plans and how a lot of times the people who have those might be small business owners. Um, and I know a lot of those people might be quite stressed out. Yeah. How does neurostimulation, if somebody's maybe not dealing with depression, anxiety, or any other sort of mental condition, but they're super stressed out, how, yeah. like, what kind of benefits might that be able to, totally. to help someone with? Yeah, so a lot of times that stress response um, is activating a lot of cortisol. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of changes a lot of biochemistry in your system. And so it actually can like rewire some of your brain in regard to like how it's flowing, right? Mm -hmm. So um, neurotherapy, neurostimulation, um, and neurotherapy, we can also do neurofeedback. Okay. So a lot of times what, you know, the neurotherapist will do is they'll start with neurostim because you'll have a lot more like immediate benefits. And then they'll move to neurotherapy or um, neurofeedback to then train the brain to do the, what it should be doing. Got it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so um, with that stress response, you can actually stimulate like the vagal nerve via the parasympathetic system. So you have two nerve systems. Um, you have your autonomic, which is everything automatic. So blood pressure, heart rate, oxygen, all of that. Um, and you have your sympathetic, which is that fight or flight. Unfortunately, our culture is quite um, rant. <laughs> yep. So it's very much a lot of people are living in that fight or flight. Yeah. Um, and then you have the parasympathetic, which is kind of considered that rest and digest. Right. So you really want to be in the center. And you want to have like flexibility to be able to activate that sympathetic, but also activate the parasympathetic. So mm -hmm. you need to be able to kind of have that like um, dynamism in a sense. Yeah. That's really healthy nervous system. And so finding that a lot of people when they're in this constant sympathetic dominance, they um, have a lot of anxiety, even though that's, they don't, they wouldn't call it that. Sure. But it's just their baseline. Yeah. Right. It's just how they live. Right. And a lot of times they're very efficient. They like, you know, move quickly. They do a lot of things well because they run at that high level anxiety or like sympathetic dominance but they don't know how to calm down <laughs> and it's really really hard in your system to constantly live in that sympathetic dominance yeah and so um neurostimulation can help train your brain to kind of chill out but it is something that there's always consequences to things right sure. when people are on that sympathetic dominance constantly it's rough on your system but it's usually like high-powered CEOs, people who like want to run hard. Mm -hmm. If you're activating that parasympathetic more, they might not be quite as efficient sure. all the time. They might sleep better, but they might not get as much done, you yeah. know? So you always have to like educate patients regarding like there's always pros and cons to both things. To everything. Exactly. And so, um, but in the end, long-term for your longevity, it's going to be better to activate some of that parasympathetic system. Yeah. Because you need to be able to digest your food. You need to be able to rest. Like right. that's really like good for your humanity, for your personhood, right? For yeah. your body. Um, so there's a balance. Yeah. No, I think that was a good explanation because, and I've sort of made this joke a few times on this podcast, but one of the things that it does is I think it helps me, one, get more educated about different things, but two, helps me hold myself accountable a little bit. And maybe you're talking to, to me a little bit here. I tend to run at that like high drive all the time. And um, calming down is one of the things that is very challenging for me to do. And I remember when uh, my wife Erin and I were planning what we were going to do on our honeymoon, I pretty much vetoed anything that involved like sitting and relaxing on a beach because I was just was figuring I was just going to be bored out of my mind if we're not doing something. Mm -hmm. So like we were hiking and we we're doing all sorts of stuff, but it's because sitting around is challenging for me to do because I just feel like I need to be doing something all the time. So, yeah. And then uh, we mentioned you guys do hormones and weight loss. So let's, whatever order you guys want to tackle those in, let's just briefly mention like, what do you guys do? And um, and then we'll start the process of winding this conversation down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so hormone therapy, we do biodegical hormone therapy. Um, we do BioT, which is like just a specific company. <clears throat> They're pretty well vetted in regard to like their quality of hormones. Um, and so we do a pretty thorough, like when we have someone come in for a hormone consult, mm -hmm. um, it is a separate fee outside of our DPC and our functional medicine. It's yeah. its own little appointment. And um, it includes labs. So, um, cause I do a little bit more of a more thorough hormone workup than traditional, even bio T providers. Yeah. And so I like to look, okay, like what are your factors that might be contributing to insulin resistance? Like mm. let's look at the big picture rather than just your hormones, yeah. because there's a reason why your hormones are a little long. Right. Yep. And a lot of times it's much bigger than just your hormones. 
So I kind of do that little bit of a big picture. I still like supplement with hormones, right? But a lot of times we're also talking about like your diet changes, your exercise. Like, yeah. how did you get here? You know, sure. you know, is it just like over time your body's getting tired? You know, your hormones kind of start to fade with a lot of stress and um, not eating great and kind of all those pieces, not exercising a lot. Um, so we kind of talk about all those pieces that kind of really like support your body well and yeah. adjust your hormones. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if somebody comes in, whether they're a DPC client or not, but somebody who's interested in the goal of weight loss, what does your guys' program look like for that? Yeah. Because one thing that we know, you know, I think we've talked about this a little bit on other episodes of this show is, you know, the healthcare system's not perfect. Our food system in this country is not perfect either. The unfortunate reality is like two thirds of America's obese, overweight, um, or even in further categories of being obese. Um, and even though I think like exercise and taking care of yourself is becoming more mainstream, it's still not the norm. It's not the average. And um, I think we're a long way from getting there. So weight loss is a goal that a lot of people do have. Um, and we know it'll, in a lot of cases, help them feel better physically, emotionally, all, all other types of words that end in L-Y. But like, what do you guys do in terms of weight loss program here? Yeah, well, it's medically managed weight loss, so people are coming looking for guidance on yeah. that too. And there are a lot of places that'll just give meds pretty willy nilly. Oh yeah, um, there are. Yeah, we don't do that. We we <laughs> we provide. You know, we have some glutide. That's kind of the buzzword these days. Is you know, Manjaro and uh, what's the other one? Good. Ozempic. Ozempic. Yeah, yeah. And it's all glutide. and so it does help people who have that insulin resistance, and it's something we can do. But Devin does a really good job of meeting with patients and saying, okay, let's draw your labs and let's look at the big picture before we just throw medication at you. Is this going to work based on your history, based on your lifestyle? You know, let's talk about we're running a marathon. We're not yeah. running a sprint because healthy weight loss is not instant gratification. Yeah, it's not how it happens, yeah. Um, and how do we support you in that? And how do we walk with you on the long haul? Yeah. Um, and people see great results. Some people don't have great side effects to it. It's not the only medication we can offer. Devin really looks at the whole person. Yeah. You know, how do we treat you well? And what are your goals? How do we help you get there? And what is this going to look like? Yeah. Yeah. And we also do a body comp on people too. So I can do a baseline, which looks at body composition instead of just looking at your um, body mass index, your BMI Yeah. looks at non-fat fat and then kind of like water weight yeah so we get a good idea of like how much muscle do you have do you have one muscle do you not is it like a lot more fat in that or are you just super active and you actually have like a great like you have a high bmi you actually have a great body composition right muscle is really healthy muscle is what we want people to maintain Mm -hmm. right um and something i could talk about with semi-glutide specifically is like it does not selectively waste fat Mm -hmm. you can actually waste both which is why I always am like, you have to be weightlifting. You have to be using the muscle you have because otherwise you will waste it. Yeah. Right. And so that's really, really important because that's not what we want with weight loss is we don't want to lose muscle mass. Muscle mass is very important for longevity. And so I have that deeper conversation with patients Mm -hmm. instead of just being like, Oh, here's a med. Good luck. We'll see you in a month to figure out how the weight loss is going. Right. Right. Um, to really make sure we're supporting like all avenues. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think um, like like you just said, because it is very possible that someone could lose weight and be in a worse place from a body mm-hmm. composition standpoint if more of that than you wanted was muscle mass. So, um, but I think the thing that I love the most about like how you guys sort of answered that question and talked about how you manage that situation is no matter what service line we're talking about, it's all like health and looking at the root cause and looking at the bigger picture focused. It doesn't matter if we're talking about hormones or if we're talking about neuro or if we're talking about functional medicine, like it's all, let's peel back the layers of the onion a little bit to really see what we're talking about and what are going to be the pros and cons of the different treatment options that we have. So at the end of the day, there's a lot of different ways we could go about things, but what option you choose is going to be slightly different than another option. Well, I think this has been awesome, you guys. And um, I know you guys have clients to get back to, so I want to make sure we get you out of here on time to do that. But I want to make sure that the people that tune in to listen to this episode know where they can find you guys. So uh, without putting you too much on the spot, like how can people do that, whether that's online or via phone? Like what are the best ways? And we'll, of course, put this on the show notes, but like what are the best ways for people to find you guys so they can come check out your office here at Big Life? Yeah, um, biglifecolorado.com find we have a lot of information on our website 
um, read through it, but call us. We love to answer. We love everyday people call. Hey, I have this specific scenario. Do you work with this? Yeah. Um, I do a lot of those screenings as okay. a nurse. I'm like, I will talk to you. I will walk you through what we have. We like to be really transparent with our people. So biglifecolorado.com. You can follow us on Instagram at biglife.health. Okay. Um, you can see some of our fun. We get to know us a little bit more mm-hmm. on there. Um, and if you want to register as a direct primary care patient, you can do that directly from our website. You can awesome. um, sign up for IV hydration. If you're looking for our other services, we recommend you just give us a call. Awesome. I love it. Any last closing remarks before I wind us down here? Yeah, we just love being able to offer great health care and just love the opportunity to be able to care for the full person and really making sure we spend the time. You know, with people, which is awesome. Awesome. Our, our goal is to say, you know, do you want to live your big life and what does that look like? How can we help you there? I know a lot of people are looking forward to doing that here in Colorado. So yes. all of us transplants here. Um, but uh, Christy, Devin, thank you so much for joining me. And all that information you guys just heard will be in the show notes. So be sure to go give these ladies a follow. And um, if you're looking for a medical office that has an entirely different feel when you walk into it than what you're probably used to, I would recommend hopping over here to Lone Tree and coming on in and checking the place out for yourself. Um, Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode on the code. If any of the things that we talked about brought up more questions or you have other things that you want us to dive more deeply into, please let us know, drop a comment, leave a review, and um, ask those questions so that we can do another episode on those things for you guys and just dive just a little bit deeper. But um, until next time, we'll catch you in the future on another episode of the code. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much.